Hello listeners and welcome to this new episode of Your B-Side, the podcast that will tell us more today about our guest, Ben. Hey Ben, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jeffrey. Appreciate it. Yeah, welcome Ben Barrett. And uh, as you know, the podcast, you will uh, first of all start by sharing your A-side, so basically your company and your role within this company. And then afterwards, we'll obviously switch to your B-side, so hear more about what you like doing next to your work and everything. Sounds great. Yeah, so the, the quick TLDR on me is I work at a company called Hopper. I lead our business yep. development and strategy of our B2B arm. And so we actually came over where we met in, in Founder <laughs> Fuel from a startup that I had started a few years ago with some friends. Um, it was great and then not so great. And we ended up selling in quotation marks to Hopper where we came on to really start out the, the B2B arm. And so the idea with Hopper mobile app, the most actually downloaded travel app in North America, we sell flights, hotels, and rental cars, primarily to Gen Z and millennials. Um, and what I had been working on is really focusing on Hopper cloud, which is our partnership arm that allows us to help companies like Capital One and Marriott and and Kayak really just um, drive more direct bookings through their direct channels. And so we're sort of in the background as a, a hidden travel provider. Um, and so, yeah, I've been working on that for, for just over three years now. Sounds good. Congrats. I'm a big fan of the app as well myself. So and I'm asking everybody to download it and try it. You'll see you'll love it. It's great. <laughs> great. So let's switch your B-side now, Ben. Uh, we'll start with sports. So what sports do you practice? What sport do you like watching and so on? <laughs> yeah, so I, I grew up uh, playing a lot of hockey, but my yeah. dad actually would, and mom would just sit me all over the city. I, I played a lot of baseball, soccer, lacrosse yeah. growing up. Um, tennis is one that I've really come to to love more as I've gotten older in the last, I'd say, five, ten years. Okay. Um, and then I golf here and there, although I'm, I'm not too great. Um, and in terms of watching, I don't watch that many sports anymore, although I used to, but I probably watch the most basketball, like Toronto Raptors have had a nice run, of course. Yeah. Um, and then I love watching tennis, although I never really sit down for a full four-hour match. So Maple Leafs or Canadian? Uh, you know the answer to that, and you don't want to hear it. I, I have a feeling my audience is mostly in Quebec, so I'll just not answer that question. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so let's switch to movies then. Uh, what's your favorite movies? Uh, yeah, what do you like watching, rewatching, and rewatching? Yeah. Um, so my favorite is Goodwill Hunting. It's kind of—I yeah. don't want to say it's a random one, but there's just something about the the underdog story of like, yeah. Of, of Matt Damon's character. I actually don't even remember his name. It's been a few years. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I love that movie. Robin Williams is one of my favorite yeah. characters ever. And he's just, oh, such a, yeah, he just makes you think so deeply and sentimentally about everything going on. And so I just love that movie. I have since I was a kid and watched it many times. Shawshank Redemption is another yeah. favorite. Some old classics of Denzel Washington. Remember the Titans as a kid. That was certainly my favorite movie. I watched it so many times. Um, but I'm sort of all over the place in, in terms of genres. Cool. Yeah, I think Shawshank Redemption has been uh, quoted like many times during the episode. So yeah, it's it's definitely a classic. If you haven't watched it, uh, listeners, please watch it as soon as possible. Classic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. So as part of the TV series that you might be watching these days, what is it? Yeah, pretty, I think, cliche, but The White Lotus just captured my wife and I. We, um, yeah, the the depth of characters that they were able to cover in such a like simple straightforward way with such small amounts of dialogue um we just loved we just loved the depth of white lotus and it just even though it feels slow at times it certainly doesn't feel slow when you get into it 
Um, so that's got to be my favorite. And also right now, my, my wife, usually around this time of year, uh, the Golden Globes or the Oscars come yeah. on and we start trying to watch watch the favorites, right? And so uh, there's, a co- there's a couple movies on there that have, we've yeah, loaded up to, to watch over the upcoming weeks and, and months. Yeah, there's the whale, I think, with uh, Brendan Fraser. It's the, the big return of Brendan Fraser on, on screen. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Babylon, I want to see. The Fablemans was, was won a bunch of awards. Um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, I've already seen, and I love that movie. That was worth all the accolades that it received. Uh, and then, and, and also another TV show is actually Ted Lasso. When I just want to turn my brain off and just throw something on and, and laugh a little bit, um, Ted Lasso is a, a really fun one. On Apple TV Plus, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Let's switch to music. Your favorite musicians and bands to listen to? Yeah. So it's funny. My wife luckily has amazing taste in music because I grew up with strange taste, I'd say. My, my dad actually um, was in the coin-operated game business. And so yeah. he had a bunch of jukebox sort of flowing in and out. And so we always had a jukebox in our house. And, and he would listen to the old classics, the uh, the the Bob Dylans and, and Cat Stevens and... Um, Leonard Cohen. Oh, I'm trying to... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, and all the classics. And so I grew up listening to a lot of that. As I've gotten older, I, I had like my, my classic rap phase when I was like yeah. in high school and then loved Eminem and Jay-Z and all the classics. And then as I've gotten older, luckily my wife's had a good impression on me and I've started to like some of the better indie stuff, the, the passion pits of the world and the nationals probably our favorite band that we've seen live a couple times but then i still have a a little bit once in a while of the electronic music that i enjoy the rufus de soul and tom mish a little bit lighter not too heavy hitting but um, i love listening to that as well so again really a full spectrum there okay cool what book do you read or have you read recently yeah, so the one that I just finished most recently was Bewilderment. So that's uh, written by a guy named Richard Powers, who wrote okay. The Overstory. He actually won the Pulitzer for The Overstory, which is an amazing book on trees. Although I told a handful of my friends to read it, and it was 50-50. Not everyone loved it as much as I did. Yeah. Um, he wrote another book called Bewilderment. <sighs> very sad, <Okay. laughs> very sad about a, a single dad with a relationship with his kid. But um it it was yeah it, it moves you emotionally and like if you can't find a book that does that there's probably not a whole point of reading fiction at least and so it was it was really powerful and, and right now i'm almost done um the long walk to freedom which is the nelson mandela's autobiography yeah i um i have the bad tendency of sometimes reading too much like businessy nonfiction, which is yeah. why i'm happy to be on the b side and talk about <laughs> the, the other side of everything but I, i've really tried to focus on if i'm going to read nonfiction, at least read more interesting stories about um yeah about the world and not just business and so the nelson mandela story has been very powerful and, and i've enjoyed it a lot although the middle was a little bit slow yeah it's definitely i guess jail yeah, would we'll be interested to have your thoughts once you're finished with the with the Nelson Mandela book. I mean, it's obviously a person you want to to know more in terms of story. this great story to 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 read. So yeah, looking forward. To yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay. If we could all just emulate that the patience and the principle and. Uh, like even just in jail, like working out for an hour and a half every single yeah. morning just to keep his body young. There's just so many little things that he does that he sort of just brushes over in the book um, that give you an indication of how you build up and to be this incredible, yeah, generational character. Inspiring, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Uh, in terms of podcasts, what do you, do you listen to podcasts? And if any, what kind of podcasts? 
Yeah. Um, so I listened to a few. Again, this is where I am a little bit um, a side. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna call it. And so, so all in, all in's a great one. That just it's a the reason I love all in, which is like a it's listened to a, by a lot of like VCs. It's all about sort of venture funding and business. Yeah. The reason I love it is because they have four friends um, with very different opinions that give each other a hard time, and there's a lot of battling from completely different perspectives. There's Republicans and Democrats. There's yeah. it, there, there's just like a lot of spectrum on that show with really smart people on both sides that sort of get to battle it out. And so I do enjoy listening all in. Um, How I built this, Guy Raz has been one that I've listened to for a really long time. Um, okay. I, yeah, so I, I enjoy yeah I enjoy listening to all the startup stories. The Knowledge Society is actually a Canadian one. A guy named Shane Parrish out of Ottawa. Super interesting. He's an amazing interviewer and has some incredible hosts. And it's just all about. Um, talking about the things that you don't know and yeah. brings on experts about all these sort of like very deep categories that they go very deep into. And so I, I love the knowledge, knowledge society. Um, and then the last one that I listened to quite a bit. Oh, I'm having a brain. Sam Harris. One that I listened to quite a bit. Oh, thank you. Yes. Is, uh, is waking up um, yeah. with Sam Harris and uh, I go, I go hot and cold with him. They're really long conversations. Some of the guests are so interesting he had a period during uh, during the Trump stuff where he was very emotional about Trump and couldn't stop talking about it. It's like, I've heard enough about this guy. Um, but I do find Sam Harris, his vocabulary particularly so inspiring. I feel like I learn a new word every episode. So I, I love listening to Sam Harris and talk to his guests. Good. So all in, how I build this, the Knowledge Society and Sam Harris, so his podcast, so recommended by you so far, listeners. Great. Uh, let's uh, let's travel. Um, let's use Opera and travel. <laughs> Can you tell us <laughs> yeah. about your memorable memorable trips, basically? Yeah, sure. So there's there, there's a bunch all over the place. Like yeah. one, it's a larger trip, but I I went on exchange to Amsterdam um, and spent six months a semester abroad there when I was in university at okay. McGill. Um, that was the first trip that really just opened my eyes to the world. And so I just like, I got to give that entire six months a, a real shout out, did lots of hopping around on the easy jets and ride airs at the time. But, um, and then that trip, unfortunately, for a weird reason was memorable because it ended in Greece where I got into a bad ATV accident, actually broke my femur. It was like, yeah. it, it was a whole crazy story that is not worth going back into, but memorable for the wrong reasons. I spent too much time in a, in a Greek hospital. Um, more recently, um, I, I did an amazing trip to Panama with my wife. It was one of our first sort of serious trips together. And so okay. that was really fun. And we, we, we went out to the San Blas Islands and stayed in a little hut and ate fresh fish that was caught 20 minutes before. And it was just a, yeah, it was uh, Central America has got a lot to offer and, and it's so close to us. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, Thailand, I got my paddy and did some scuba diving. That was actually with Hopper when I was working at Hopper. So I, I tacked on a weekend there and did some leisure, which was a really exciting trip. And um, I've had some great trips to Tel Aviv too. That's a really spicy, fun city that I that I enjoy going back to. Cool. So yeah, yeah. You're lucky to have been traveling to all over the place. So that that's that's good. I mean, and uh, you were mentioning so this maybe if we come back to the, to this uh, to this trip in Greece and you mentioned this uh, this uh, accident. So. Yeah, you had an impact on your life. So what happened there? Maybe you want to share a bit more about uh, the context. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was honestly like a, a near death experience for me. Um, yeah. And 
I think whenever people go through that, it impacts you in sometimes subtle, sometimes subconscious, but certainly real ways. And so now it's been, I don't know, 13 years since it happened. And and besides having to wear like a knee brace when I'm playing tennis, um, I, I think that from a psychological perspective, it's just, um, it's injected a lot of gratitude into my life for the simple things. I think and Nelson Mandela actually reading that book is another great example. Is I always say that life would be so easy and everyone would be so happy if you could wake up every morning and just really appreciate everything around you. And so reading Nelson Mandela, he talks about running water or hot water, never mind hot water, but like just running water. Like, can you imagine if we could wake up every single day and be like, oh, I'm so grateful for having running water and a hot shower. And so one of the cool things about going through that really traumatic experience was it's helped me just channel gratitude towards more simple, subtle aspects of my life. And again, I don't think it was this sort of 180 monumental shift, but I certainly feel like a very grateful person. And my wife certainly hears me uh, say how appreciative I am of all the little things quite often. And and I do think that, um, yeah, I can attribute a lot of that to going through that. Yeah, that scary, scary uh, accident. Okay. I think so. Thanks for sharing. Obviously, this is always uh, something uh, that uh, that brings back uh, all memories. But as you say, it's forged you as, as you uh, as a person you are today. So it really helped you grow. So that's uh, that's uh, an amazing story. So thanks thanks for sharing, Ben. You wanted to share also, yeah, I think, uh, something that happened in Mexico, uh, like a revelation, maybe a bit more. Oh, oh, yeah. So, so this was actually um, yeah. This sent me down just a little bit of a different. Uh, a side path, yeah. which is I, I, I sort of thought when I was doing finance at McGill, and I honestly thought I was going to go into investment banking and just try to like make as much money as possible. That, that's yeah. sort of where I was at when I was like 17, 18, 19 years old. And I remember it was 2008, 2009, maybe. Um, and I read The Big Short, which maybe people have seen the movie or read yeah. the book on a beach in Mexico. And I remember just like finishing the book and looking out into the ocean and sitting there and being like, what is finance? Like, what is this finance world? It seemed to be so much smoke and mirrors and, and didn't really add that much value to the world at large. And I sort of told my parents, I, I walked back like very shook <laughs> to yeah. my parents and told them I was going to drop out of finance and go and be a doctor. That's actually what I said at the time. My mom was very supportive. <laughs> my dad said, yeah, we'll speak in a couple of weeks. And, and sure enough, my dad was right that I, that I didn't go that extreme, but um, it did sort of really plant this seed of wanting to think at least long-term in terms of working with businesses that have externalities that have an impact that's greater than just sort of dollars and cents and and making money. Um, And so at the time it sort of said, okay, I I stopped thinking about finance and started with like a rotational program where I could learn more about different aspects of business. And then it it did start me, or sorry, it, it was the catalyst for me starting feedback, which the goal was to help restaurants reduce food waste, which was both a for-profit business, but also have this exciting externality. Um, And so that seed was planted, I don't know, whatever it was, 14 years ago, um, and continues to blossom. And and I'm excited about one day sort of jumping back into the the startup journey and hopefully working on something that has a real sort of material impact in the world at large. Great. So thanks, The Big Show, for that, for opening your eyes and and, and giving your, I would say, your career a a different direction, right? So, and and basically... If we look at what uh, what you want to do next and what's on your to do list, that's still something that reflects to uh, to, to your your next projects. If I if, if I'm yeah, this, yeah. I, I, 
Absolutely. I, I don't know exactly when and, and what the timing looks like. Again, Hopper's, Hopper's just been a very exciting journey for the time being. Yeah. Um, but there's no doubt that that next thing will be, I would say, I, I sort of think of it as like climate, healthcare, education. Those are the sort of three categories that to me, if you're building a business inside of them, as long, and as, long as you're careful about what those externalities are, you, large, you, you have the ability to really yeah, impact lives in a, in a hopefully material and, and, and positive way. Okay. So your AI yeah. being a hopper, and then you talked a bit about sports and everything. What are your other passions and hobbies? What do you have time yeah. to do next to all this? <laughs> yeah, well, we recently just uh, welcomed our first daughter into our life. So Aniko okay. um, is now four and a half months old. And so that obviously takes a lot of time and energy, but has been so much fun. Um, Congratulations. And <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. And then I'd say the other two categories of time that I like to spend, I don't have hobbies per se i like to play sports but i love being outside and, yeah. and just whether that's ocean mountains trees just like i love being outside engulfed in like real nature um and actually live in toronto one of the criteria of living in toronto for me with my wife was that we're close to the big park here where you can actually get lost and not hear cars for a while it's called <laughs> high park and so uh, that, that was important for me um and then the other one is really just spending time with family and friends. Um, yeah. I know, I know it's, it's probably not a hobby per se, but I love having, whether it's a couple or a couple couples or friends over for dinner and just getting lost philosophizing and, and talking about uh, the human condition. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and so that's certainly one of my favorite things to do. Um, I will say a combination of what I want to be a hobby and one of the things that I want to do next, because that was one of the questions that you had, um, you had planted was, with sailing. I, I've always loved being out on the ocean. I don't actually know how to sail, although I've been on a sailboat a few times in my life. But yeah. my wife and I are starting a course in May and she actually, for my birthday, just bought me some uh, some sailing books. And uh, it's one of the things that I've really want to do over the course of the next few years. When, when, my, when I was 25, I said over the next five years, I want to be really good at learning stick. I wanted to drive stick because I thought it was crazy that we all just drive automatic cars. And so we sort of <laughs> checked that box off. And we actually own a stick car. And so 30 to 35, which I'm nearing the halfway mark at now, is, uh, is really about I, I want to be a, a great sailor, a competent sailor that can go and do sort of, yeah, vacations on a sailboat one day. That's my, that's my hope and dream. So we'll see. So Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Indian? Ah, it's a good question. It's a good question. Mediterranean. I, th I think okay. Mediterranean actually calls me the most. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not ready for the Pacific, that's for sure. Um, although I, I have spent, I've got some good friends out west, and, and I've spent a bunch of time on the Gulf Islands. There's just like a, yeah. a splattering of islands all off the coast of Vancouver Island in Vancouver. Um, and I've spent some really great camping trips out there. And um yeah, and I, I would I always look at the boat sort of sailing around those islands and exploring and uh, yeah, I romanticize it. So we'll see if it's as beautiful as it is when you're actually on the boat, but it's always something I've, I've aspired to do. Sounds good. Uh, at last, to finish, an anecdote that uh, maybe just a few people know about you. Yeah, so this is an embarrassing one. I'm pretty good at hiding it because I, I talk really quickly and confidently, which, okay. which helps sometimes people not, not second guess. But I'm terrible at pronouncing words, like really, really bad at pronouncing <laughs> words. And it's one of the reasons that picking up languages has been tough for me, although I'm really trying on the French side. I, my wife and I just spent most of December in, in Marseille um, okay. in France with, the, with our baby. And um, 
and we tried, boy, were we bad, but we, we really did try. And I had a 50 day Duolingo streak going, which is another conversation. I don't think that actually helps very much, but um, <laughs> anyways, I, I, I've always been terrible at pronouncing words. My family knows it. A couple of my good friends will pull my leg constantly about it, but uh, it's something that not a lot of people know. Cause I just, I talk very quickly and talk over everything. So um, yeah, I get away with it. Okay. Can I try uh, on one French word just to give it a try? Yeah, of course. Let's go. Uh, personnellement. Personnellement. It's good. No, it's Yikes. good. It's good. Ah, okay, I choose okay. one with different. The, okay, that's good. That's okay. good. The, the, the problem is, so it, like a good example, I said I went to Morocco, is I called uh, Marrakesh, uh, Makaresh for like, Mac- a couple, oh, like yeah. literally, just, yeah, like just flipping the letters, which is embarrassing. <laughs> you can't you can't be doing things like that. Uh, and, and the problem is that people will correct me. And once I get, once I've pronounced a word wrong a few times, it sort of gets imprinted wrong in my brain. And so I just never get it right. And I doubt myself. And so anyways, um, yeah, we don't need to go through too many more examples, but never, never <laughs> been a skill of mine. <laughs> I think listeners that know you will might want to, to test you next time. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, thanks a lot, Ben. That was amazing to have you on this uh, podcast today. And I hope that uh, listeners will be able to know more about your B-side. So thanks again, Ben. Absolutely. An absolute pleasure, Jeffrey. Really appreciate the time. And thanks, everybody. And I'll see you next week for a new episode of Your B-Side. And have a great week until then.